Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, Sezzle, and Silk. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is October 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines, making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris. Yes, Ann. Are you feeling that post Prime Day glow? No, like Prime Day came and went. Like, like I didn't even, I didn't even know it was here. Yeah, like, I didn't either. It was like really. the tree that falls in the woods. It didn't make a noise at all. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Did you get anything? I did. I What'd ended up get? getting some things. Peloton stuff. No, I didn't oh, get no? Peloton stuff. No, I stupidly, um, I ordered a whole bunch of things on Sunday. And <laughs> then they all went on Prime Day. Uh, like I did, I got my Peloton for those listening, yeah. bought it off of Marketplace, got it home, and then had to realize how many more accessories I was going to need in addition to all the things that they had. So I had to get shoes and then the cleats yeah. for the shoes. And you bought that and all the, before Prime Day? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize. Wow. I, I, I foolishly thought that. It, that Peloton would not be on Prime right, Day. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought that too. I didn't think it was going to happen that quickly. They went aggressive though. I know. Yeah, like 1200 bucks, right, for a bike? 1200 bucks for a bike? It's crazy. All the accessories were like, yeah. some of them were like 40% yeah, off. They must have a ton of inventory to clear through. Like oh that must be what God. that is about. Um, you know, I, I got to give kudos to Amazon though. So I did get suckered into Prime Day, even though I was kind of joking that, it, that I didn't even know, but I forgot that it was coming. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, Prime Day. Um, I bought a couple iPads for my kids because they were like, couple hundred bucks it was a great deal yeah and they got them to me in like three hours what yeah it was insane they're like oh you'll have the and i didn't even elect that they're just like they'll be they'll be shipped and arrived to your house in three hours i was like okay that sounds amazing wow well you know that's funny that you got the ipads because that was something that i was thinking of as i was like all in a huff about all this peloton stuff being on prime day discount i was like i guess apple does this too like it's the it's the one time of year you know that you know you see those kinds of discounts happening on the products that never go on sale so i guess but yeah I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and they, 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 and it wasn't even Prime Day. Like they called it the early access sale, deliberately to like preempt Black Friday, which I think is so hilarious. Like that's why they're to your point, and that's why they're doing it. They're getting everyone like me to go out and buy it from them and not go anywhere else later. It makes a ton of sense. The other point I want to make, and for those watching on video who commented a lot in, at grocery shop about my attire, it's October. It's orange hoodie season. Oh, again, we are Anne. we are so yes. pump, we are yes. pumpkin spicing the yes. crap out of yes. this. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna. Bring home the orange. So much pumpkin for October. We did this like two weeks ago too. What's the? Pro- oh, we did. Yeah, I'm we, so yeah, we were more, we were more muted so. a couple weeks ago though. It was like more muted colors. Sure. Like grays and maybe like a purple or something. But anyway, all right, let's go. Let's, we're let's, bringing the fall cornucopia for your. Ooh, cornucopia, good word. Yeah. Oh, it man, fits you're with this holiday. This season. podcast is just going to be out of its court, isn't oh my it? God. And all right, today's fast he- five headlines are brought to you with the help and support of Manifest. Where can you get unprecedented access? to the people and technologies changing the way the world moves at Manifest. Of course, you can expect thought leadership, networking, and also it should get a little hot in here because Nelly is the featured entertainment at the end of the show. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can register now. Don't know what that was. You can register <laughs> now to join Ann and me at the show January 31st to February 2nd. A special discount link will be available in our show notes, and you can also learn more at 
manifest, M-A-N-I-F-E dot S-T. That is the web address, M-A-N-I-F-E dot S-T. All right, Ann, let's do this. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on TikTok planning to open its own e-commerce fulfillment centers, Goodwill launching its own online marketplace, Hollister allowing shoppers to send their online carts directly to their parents for payment. Can't wait to talk about that one. The city of Chicago going all in on autonomous robotic one-to-one delivery, while Amazon is reportedly pulling the plug on that very same idea. But first, we take off with even more robotics news out of Walmart this week. And Oh, yes, Chris. Headline number one, Walmart made a slew of announcements related to robotics within the past week. Some good and some not so good. So first, according to Grocery Dive, Walmart has entered a definitive agreement to purchase micro-fulfillment center developer Alert Innovation. The company Walmart began working with in 2016 and later launched a test of its autonomous cart-based system in a 20,000-square-foot warehouse connected to a supercenter in Salem, New Hampshire, back in 2019. Second, and not to be outdone, Walmart also announced the conversion of one of its Atlanta warehouses into one of its new next-gen robotic fulfillment centers, the very same warehouse where late last week Walmart said it would also lay off nearly 1,500 workers, according to Chain Storage. Chris, lots of innovation lots of robotics happening over at our friends at Walmart oh my god yeah what do you what do you have yeah. to say about that well first off um the 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 news on on alert innovation test that the the acquisition um is is really interesting to me because you know I don't really know much about where alert innovation has stood since they announced that test back in 2019 I think I was one of the first people to write about it in Forbes um so I guess now we know like yeah. Walmart thinks it's valuable They've been quiet. It's interesting that they've been quiet about what they think is valuable. Like right. everyone listening, keep that in mind. When you hear Walmart talking about something <laughs> before it's like a thing, it's probably not that good. But this is this is the proof point of that because it's now found its micro fulfillment partner, or at least someone that they think can help them do what they need to do in this space. And to the point that you raised last week, could also fit into their technology services platform as well. Like yeah. they could, they can easily do warehouse as a as a service now, just about as well as anybody. Yeah. Because Alert Innovations, one of those companies, along with AutoStar and Takeoff, are sponsors as well that are in this game. Dematics, another one. So, so lots of players in this space that know how to do this, and Walmart's mm-hmm. coming to the fore. So net net, I like the move. Yes. Again, for the second week in a row, which check my temperature and because like I, know. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like I'm all in on Walmart. But, I bet you've checked your temperature. I don't think I need to. I have yeah. a feeling you've checked your temperature today already, so I'm going to trust you on <laughs> knowing, this one, Knowing the hypochondriac I am, mean, <laughs> I probably have. Um, I did check my kid's temperature, actually. I did not check my own. But second, yes. second, and yes. this is important, the next-gen warehouse thing. Yeah. This just stinks. That's the only way I can put it. Like, okay. it just smells Explain. so bad. Okay, here's why. You have the biggest retailer in the country saying publicly that it's going after robotics. Yes. Okay. They're saying that basically. Like, we are laying off people in this warehouse to put robots in. Yes. It's as clear as day. Yes. Which means absolutely it's going to mean less warehouse workers in the long run because they deploy or employ, I should say, a large majority of the U.S. workforce. Yes. You know, more so than anyone else. And if self-checkout systems continue to get off the ground, it's also going to mean we're going to have less cashiers in store, Yes, which ultimately means a hell of a lot of displaced workers in the long run. And so my point is we just need to start thinking about that, what that means as a society because it's going to come and it's going to be incredibly disruptive. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean- I, I, Do you need to talk me off the ledge? I think a little bit, Chris. Okay. Like, all I right, First fine. of all, I agree with you, fine. the alert innovation move from Walmart. Like, This- 
completely makes sense. We talked about it last week, but to your your latter point, I think these are not the kind of headlines that you want to hear one right after another. Like the no. Walmart PR I mean, like, team that is usually that like, like that. Yeah. bang, bang, bang. Like let's see how we more subtly right. approach this next time. So Great point. I think that it makes sense if Walmart is using like their their claim in in the reports that they put out, they're using this to bolster their Walmart fulfillment services business, which again makes sense from a, an economic standpoint from the retailer. I guess part of part of my concern here is that um, you know we do have a lot of displaced workers that robotics robotics are going to replace the the manual labor of these workers. But where does that labor go? I don't think it completely disappears. I think that it goes into other types of jobs. And I think, like, do you remember when we had Tim Rowland from Badger on yeah. the show? And he was talking about, like, the the place where robotics makes sense are the dirty, dangerous, duplicative tasks that people are doing that they don't need to do necessarily. Yeah, for sure. And so I wonder if, you know, if Walmart Fulfillment Services is really the push here, where do could those jobs be replaced on the other side of things? Like, they're going to, part of the focus is on contact and call center. Part of the focus yeah. is on gig labor. Yeah, yeah. Walmart go local. Like, yeah. there could be be other opportunities now whether or not the 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 deplo- like the the staff that's working in a warehouse is ready to go work in a contact center or they're interested in that kind of job is obviously questionable mm-hmm. yep. but i guess i just you know to lighten lighten the load a little yeah. bit like there still will be jobs in store there still will be jobs you know in the warehouses um but hopefully and you know this is why yeah. we're seeing all the pressure from the unions like people are getting hurt yeah. in warehouses warehouse conditions are not yep. safe like if you're replacing those jobs with robotics, are there better, safer jobs for people to be doing in those situations? Yeah, I think, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, no, I know. Trying I, to find I, the I angle, just think but. when you start talking cashier jobs and you talk warehouse jobs, those are the you know some of the most blue collar of blue collar jobs. And if those go away, there's not necessarily that many more places you can put them. But what, Final ab- word. what about, I guess, so like one of the things that you said robots can't do in past shows is like shelf stocking and restocking. Like there are other jobs, I think, in the store. Yeah, but that- you don't need more of that than you have now. That, well, that workforce is already. I might, I might argue that point. Like how many, sh- like look at out of stocks right now. I mean, what the the average store? But you don't need more people to do that job in the store. You have out of stocks because of the of the inventory, not necessarily in because some of the cases, people not being able to work it. Well, I I don't know. I think you could have more stuff on your shelves potentially if you have more people focused on that. I mean, that's the point that all of these retailers are saying they want self checkout for. They want people to be in the stores, making sure shelves are stocked, stores looking good. It's easy to easier to shop, helping people within the store, like. That to me seems like you could see what happens when you deploy more resources towards that. I think that's a stretch, but hey, Fair. but hey, you're playing devil's advocate. I think that's a stretch argument, but hey, you, the listener, can decide which side of the equation you want to come down on. But it's something people have got to take, keep an eye on for yes. sure. I think, regardless, I think we both agree on that. All right, headline number two TikTok is planning to open up e commerce facilities to compete with Amazon. As reported in the Washington Examiner, the Chinese-affiliated social media platform has begun taking steps to construct fulfillment centers to deliver products ordered on its platforms, according to job listings found by Axios. TikTok is looking to build an, quote, international e-commerce fulfillment system, end quote, international. Wow, I didn't catch that when I first put this Mm -hmm. together. According to the listings, including international warehousing, customs clearing, and supply chain systems supporting domestic e-commerce in the United States. And do you think this is a good move by TikTok? I have no idea which way you're going to go on this. 
Okay, one, it's hard to say. I don't yeah, like okay. this much speculation happening just based on job descriptions. Like, yeah, that's the enough. core that's of this. Point. Like, yeah. that could go a lot of ways. Yeah. I think we're making that's a lot of it. Yeah. But in, if we're going to theorize on this and think about this, I think there's a few things that make, make us uh, pay attention to this move. Like, the mm-hmm. audience should be paying attention to this. According to Google data, yep. almost half of Gen Z is starting searches on Instagram or TikTok. Yep. Okay, so no Google, no nothing. Like I'm going here. I want to buy something. I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. I'm going on Instagram or TikTok to do that. Gen Z spends 5% of their awake time, 24 to 48 hours every month, just on TikTok. No other platforms. That's not full social media. That's just on TikTok. 5% of the time they're awake. 5% of their awake time is spent on that. And I think if if we look back on like what Carter Jensen (laughs) has talked about in, in, you know, years past, the horizontal line of e-commerce, where do we spend our time? And for that next generation shopper, it's on TikTok. I think there are opportunities being created right now on that platform that will expand what we what we conceive of what commerce looks like. And especially, I think uh, people are comparing this to Amazon. They're like, oh, TikTok's yeah. going after Amazon. I don't know that I agree with that. I don't know that it needs to be the level of Amazon right away. There's still money to be made here from TikTok if they're bringing you know, manufacturing, production, distribution all inside their walls and they're able to like get a preview of what's happening, what demand there's going to be for certain products and if they can source those or manufacture them and get them out to people more quickly than say a retailer would have. Uh, so you're saying they should go vertical and become a retailer too? I, I don't know that I'm saying that specifically, okay. but like he, hear me out on this one. So like okay. remember we were talking about a while back when like the feta cheese phenomenon or like any of these random things, right. these random products that right. come up. TikTok knows about that before yeah. anybody else does. Yep. So before even before like, you know, Presidente feta cheese knows that it's going to be a, an yep. issue where they're going to be running out yep. of stock. So is there an opportunity if they have logistics in place, if they have access to creators content calendars or they know what their creators are going to be doing? Like is there does TikTok have that information and is there something they can do to get that product to you faster or to kind of reroute like how those products are going to be going out to the end consumer who's watching the content on TikTok. I just I think that this is something that we have to be very closely paying attention to. TikTok's only only like issue is itself, especially after this morning and the news of them taking 70% of funds from uh did you hear of that story? No, I I didn't. What was it? They just got busted by the BBC. They oh, did really? like live stream um donations to families in Syria, I oh, believe. Geez. And TikTok just got busted taking 70% of the money. Oh god. And gosh. 30 only 30% was, was going to Wow. Families. Okay, so, but anyway, all right. Anyway. Okay, so there was a lot you said there. There's a lot going on. <laughs> um, a lot of opportunities. Um, we got to pay attention to I it. I think okay, so here's what I here's what I take from what you just said. I think your points about where people are searching and where they're engaging are very very important. Yes. Now, does that to me mean that TikTok needs to get into warehousing? I don't know because I don't think and yes they have the data ahead of time. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be in the warehousing game to get product to people to capitalize on that trend. There are mm-hmm. plenty of other ways to do that, especially as you're working with influencers to get people inspired, the brands to get people inspired. And you have to remember, too, like this is this is something that a lot of people are getting into right now. American Eagle is trying to stand up yep. their own frenemy network. Gap, now potentially Walmart we just talked about. So my question is, like, what right does TikTok actually have to win in the warehousing space? 
And let's not forget, too, that Amazon is really good at this for the brands as well, as I just talked about getting my Apple iPad to me mm-hmm. in three hours, which that ad could be served up in TikTok and still fulfilled through Amazon very could. easily. So so why the brands that are selling their products need to think about TikTok for this service when there's going to be so much scale available to them and people that have a history of doing it better is interesting to me. And I think our minds are, hold on one sec, I think mm-hmm. our minds are that we think it's a good idea because that's what we know about Amazon and what it does. Mm-hmm. But Amazon's history is different. Amazon built out its logistics network as a retailer, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yep. TikTok's a social media company. And for that reason, I think it will be a tough road to hoe for TikTok to go down this path. So I actually don't like the move. But you final word again. I don't. I don't know. I think that it. I don't think that you can compare this to Amazon, and I don't think that we've seen. I don't think you adoption can That's my point. From Amazon or from any other platform, the way that we've seen the adoption on TikTok, like this next generation and the power that social media has over influencing purchasing decisions and where they're buying and who they're buying from, I think <clears throat> is going to be different than the age of Amazon where we started going on Amazon for search. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just think that's a mutually exclusive factor from where do where does the product get fulfilled from? Yeah, if you're if you're assuming though that that, that again we're going off of of job descriptions. So just because they're building multi, you know, just because the description for this particular job right now is looking for an e-commerce fulfillment warehouse, like that doesn't mean that that's the end goal. Is it just e-commerce fulfillment? I don't think we know that yet. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So you're saying they want to be a retailer. I I don't or think we know. I, I say well, I'm. What saying, would you advise? I'm advising that. So you, you like this move or not? I think I'm not saying I don't know that I like it or dislike it. I think that it's worthy of people's attention to be paid to what TikTok's motivations are in this space, whether it's retailing, whether it's fulfillment. I don't think we know enough about what their strategy is based off of job descriptions at this point in time. So I don't think that we can. I'm, I'm thinking like you should be theorizing what the potential is for TikTok to do in this space. But so that's what I'm asking. What, what do you is. think that is? What what are you theorizing is there for them when you I, say that? Cuz I don't I'm not following you. I think that there's a potential for there is the potential for them to become a manufacturer. I, there is the potential for them to become a retailer. There is the potential for them to help support warehousing or because again that they know in advance what products are going to be popular because of what content is coming out okay. that they would be a, a more efficient or more valuable distribution point for retail. Do you think all that's at play here potentially when you read this headline? Potentially. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think figuring fair. out, yeah, figuring if we're if we're comparing it, if you want to make the Amazon comparison and you're looking at logistics as the baseline, like how do we figure out how to get these products to people first before we start going vertical and building like, okay, what can we produce here? Where, how far does it have to travel? Like, this is the baseline for those things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, no, I think you got me on that point. I may, I, 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 th- I think that deserves merit for sure. Um, all right, let's go to headline number three. So, Chris, Goodwill has launched its own online thrift store, goodwillfinds.com. As reported by the retail leader and according to Goodwill, shoppers can go to goodwillfinds.com to find a selection of women's, men's, and children's clothing, along with books, specialty and collector's items, and home decor. According to the retailer, there were already hundreds of thousands of items available for purchase when the site launched last week. Chris. Yes. This is we we don't talk about Goodwill that often. I've never um, talked about I don't know Goodwill that we've ever talked about Goodwill in this capacity, but what do you what do you think about this one? Oh man, on this, I don't even know where to start on this one. I mean, the first thing it tells me is that the resale trend is real. 
you know, and that the market, you know, if you read the article too, it says the secondhand market is expected to grow. I mean, you see these numbers all the time. Yeah. The, the one in the article is 127% by 2026. Mm-hmm. So clearly to me, either Goodwill is being impacted by the rise of the secondhand marketplace or they want a bigger growing cut of that growing pie. Mm -hmm. So the other point to me, though, is holy cow, you go through the website. This thing is a massive undertaking. But I know you have tons of thoughts on that. So, you know, why don't you share your thoughts? I love a good thrift day. (laughs) You do. I I will spend hours in a Goodwill. I love it. Um, So this kind of bums me out a little bit because there's no like thrill of the hunt. This is now like a full-on e-commerce site um, and something about like finding that that gem at, for yeah. $2.99 yeah. that's really worth, you know, five times yeah. what it's being sold at, for at Goodwill. Yeah. But I understand that huh. there's there's a lot of people who are not like me who hate the thought of going into a Goodwill. Yeah. And this concept is yeah. a great way for, we know there's a demand yeah. for this kind of stuff. Like you look at the site, I encourage all the listeners, go check this out because it is very well executed. I have to say it. My expectations were low for this experience yeah. and yeah, it's it really, was. It really, was. really well done. Yeah. You and I were looking on it yesterday. Few things um, that could be improved, but yeah, for the most part, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I I have questions though about how this will, like how how the margins here uh, are still available to Goodwill. Yes, they're getting the product for nothing. People are turning their products right. into the Goodwill, um, but you know they have product photography in here. Right. They have sourcing. They have likely have a, a DC that's holding all of this inventory right. because it's not being pulled from the, you know, piles of racks of 1988 Christmas decor and, you know, toilet seats that are turned into Goodwill every day. Yeah. They have pickers that are now going through all these items at each of these locations. Like there's a lot going into the production of this. Um, so I guess for me, I'm questioning like how sustainable is this? Are they still going to get these products when resale starts to increase? You know, when brands start to take control of their own resale, are we still going to see the the products like a Lululemon sports bra being donated to Goodwill? Maybe there's right, still maybe. you know there yeah, might be that, maybe. but but do we start to see um, you know less coming in into the Goodwill and this model not not being able to support itself quite as much anymore? But for the time being. I love it. Um, brands, get your res- resale stuff together because yeah, which is the sixty-four thousand dollars question with e-commerce in general and resale. So I think net net, you got to make the margin work in total, right. right? And so yeah, it probably depends on the mix of products that they'll eventually figure out that they're selling through this platform or not, right? And needing to leverage some higher priced pointed items than they typically do in their stores right. to make that work right. to defray the cost of shipping. Yeah, it's a great point. Right. All right. Headline number four: Hollister has developed a new system that, according to the Wall Street Journal, quote let's shoppers pass their cards to someone else for payment, end quote. According to Hollister, the system called share to pay aims to smooth over a common point of friction for online Hollister shoppers, the majority of whom are still in high school. The system lets shoppers send their shopping carts to the ultimate buyer via text message in lieu of a traditional checkout mechanism. According to Hollister's parent company, Abercrombie and Fitch's Chief Digital yes. and Technology Officer Samir Desai, early tests of the systems found customers in the pilot group were two times more likely to place an order than those who were not. Mainly, as he implied, because teenagers don't necessarily have credit cards, which is quite honestly very damn astute. And my yeah. question for you is this, and this is my favorite question of all time, I think. Would teenage dirtbag Ann have been all over this? 
Uh, I love that song. I know, Weedus, man. It's all over Instagram too. Oh, it is. Yeah, for sure. I guess so. Yeah, yeah Eva Mendez put out her. I saw even. I, I don't know why Eva Mendez. Well, maybe I, I do. do. I have no yeah. idea why Eva Mendez <laughs> showing up, up on your Instagram yeah, feed. Yeah, I saw but... all her high school photos. It was great. Um. Okay. Do you know what Mike and Linda would have done if I sent them a freaking link to Hollister, a Hollister cart? They would have told me to go out and rake some leaves. Yeah, get some, get a job. Yeah, they, that's what they would have told you. Yeah, no way. Right. But we live in a different world now. Oh, this there are plenty of people at our age too t- that their parents would have still said, "Yes, fine. Yeah. yes." Um, do I think this is a smart move for Hollister? Sure. Yeah. Of sure, course. Why not? why not? But you know what I like the most about this is not necessarily like the whole send this to your parents. I like the agile cart. Like, I think that this is cool because it doesn't necessarily, yes, sure, it's being beta tested and they're going to make a bunch of money with kids sending their parents, you know, links and their parents just hitting click to buy. Terrible for our next generation and what this is teaching them about money and that they can just click to buy. But, uh, but I do like the societal impacts. Oh my God, I know. But (laughs) what I do like is that, you know, it, it could be like, you know, sharing a cart between partners you know like if if you know i want to send my husband a cart for costco or whatever like this is cool that you could start to like deploy this and it's as simple i mean i know there's other mechanisms to probably do this similarly but for what hollister's doing i like this idea of just the agile like collective buying yes you know that whole idea which you've talked about on the show before exactly exactly so i think that's that's what i take away from this that's what i really like about it but what do you think i I think are you are you clicking to buy for i freaking love your boys I love this. I think this idea is brilliant. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing it for my kids. I'm gonna be like you. Be like, nope. But good try, dudes. Um, yeah. No, but I. You wa- can go to Goodwill Finds. Yeah, That's right? what I'm yeah. gonna send them yeah. the link to. Yeah, I'm dropping you off. Go, 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 bargain <laughs> shop. Uh, no, I wanted this functionality back when I was running Target back to college for both oh, stores yeah. and dot com. Like I was talking smart. about it back then. That was ten years ago. Yeah. Jesus, it was ten years ago. But anyway, my fit. I mean. My favorite part of it, the, my favorite part of this whole story, though, and I wish I could take credit for this observation or insight, but credit goes to Fredo on TikTok, who asked on TikTok, "Why is add a message an optional feature of the platform?" <laughs> Implying, shouldn't it be a, shouldn't there be a standard way for kids to at least say thank you for their to their parents? Like, I love oh that. Like, God, it's just like yeah. assumed. Like, here, I'm gonna send this to you, mom and dad. Buy this for me. There's no like form of gratitude or anything. So I love that. I salute you, Fredo, for calling that out. That's just absolutely awesome. How many how many thank you messages have actually gone out? I bet it's like in the single digits. Oh, it's probably nothing. Yeah. God, Everyone's too kids, busy. They kids. Gotta, they gotta get back to their TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's close this show up. Uh headline number five. Chicago appears to be going all in on one to one autonomous robot robotic delivery, while Amazon, on the other hand, says they're going to get the hell out of the idea. Uh, according to Smart Cities Dive, yes, Chris, yeah, there's, there a is, there's a dive for that, for that. too. Uh, Chicago City Council recently approved the use of food delivery robots following a successful test at the University of Illinois Chicago campus. Delivery device tech companies will partner with restaurants and grocery stores to deliver the orders, which customers will request through an app. Uh, The robots will operate on sidewalks and within crosswalks within a small radius of participating food businesses. Coincidentally, in the very same week... Amazon announced that it's scuttling. I like that word. Scuttling. It's yeah. scuttling. You don't hear that very often. No. no. Uh, it's Scout Delivery Robot Program, which looks almost identical in size and shape to the promotional photos of the robots we just mentioned in Chicago's latest venture. Chris, this, now yeah. Chris, 
They do look identical, by the way. Like they do. I literally can't tell them apart. I know, like I, I was like, whoa, those aren't the same things. Yeah. Um, this is A and M CRGs. Put you on. The oh, all right. Save the best for last. Yes. All right. Um, Chris, A and M CRG would like to know: Do you think Chicago's robotic food delivery program is an example of trying to show that something can be done versus whether it should be done at a time uh. when even Amazon is backing off of one-to-one autonomous delivery? This is a great question. We are getting into so many like society questions: what government should and should oh do God, in this I podcast, know. which generally we try to shy away from wholeheartedly, but. Oh, man. First of all, too bad we don't have AM CRG's Chad Lusk on the program this week because he lives in Chicago. So, like, it'd be cool to hear his ta- thoughts yes. on this. But, uh, you know, my first, my first thought is, like, Chicago, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. So, I know. so no, I don't, I don't see that at all from this. I'd love to give them credit for thinking like that way. But I think it's, mis- it's misguided to think about, like, proving something out or showing what can be possible. Um, I, fe- I, I question whether that's even the right frame for a city to get into to begin with. So. Yeah. We've covered on the show why one-to-one delivery, we don't think, doesn't work. Right. And even companies like Tortoise, who was one of the first ones on the scene with this idea, they've started going in a different direction and pivoted away from that yep. to more of like a mobile vending machine concept. Yes. And my favorite capsule into the argument, Anne, is it, did you you show this to me, actually. Did you see the photo of the robot that yes. drive through the police caution tape? Yes. At the scene of an accident, yeah, like that is that was absolutely hilarious. So like they don't have this stuff figured out. Oh my gosh, college campuses are one thing, but having this ready for Chicago prime time on city streets is another thing entirely. So so my last question is this, and this is how I think about it: like, why would taxpayers want their money to go to robotics companies over delivery drivers? It makes no sense to me. And why do Chicago city officials? Why do the officials that approve this idea think they know more about this than Amazon does at the end of the day? I mean, it's just downright laughable. Well, it's inexcusable, actually, especially when uh, it like in that same article, they were talking about how, you know, the biggest concern here is uh, vandalism and theft of the robots. And you're like, your point is so brilliant when you're like, as a Chicago taxpayer, like with all of the issues going on in Chicago right right now, like the, the fact that this much amount of money is being dedicated to these robots it's like i it makes me want to take one of those robots and chuck it at the it, it, at the that wall. probably will happen actually I mean, it's a great point um but you know i do think <laughs> that's so funny i actually. do think that these these robots like the tortoise example that you gave like there is a use case for them like but in inside of a building like you know what i was thinking of the other day when i yeah. picked up my peloton in right. an apartment building and you saw, remember the grocery carts? Have you ever lived in an apartment building? Where like you, yeah, you're hauling sure. all yeah, your yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? You oh, got yeah, the like yeah. old school grocery right. cart that somebody stole from like the local grocery right. store. But like if I could pay a premium in my apartment to like take these robots, like beep, right. beep, beep, punch in my apartment right. number. And then For like sure. it delivers like, like that's where We this... did that in the hotel in San Francisco one exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like that's where these things make sense. They're like in a controlled environment or even in the Mall of America where right. it's like yeah. you're inside. Right. But like. Going through police caution tape, going down the sidewalk, I mean, no. Well, so why is the city paying for any I of those know. ideas? I don't know. Like, this is, like, for the bougie people. Like, I thought, I, okay, just to go on a rant here, I thought maybe, like, there's congestion alleviation from, like, cars and the delivery drivers. But then I was like, why don't you just subsidize bicycle messengers or something like that? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, it just makes no freaking sense I don't know, at all. I don't know. At all. All, all right. right. Let's, let's let's end this conk let's show. Let's end it. <laughs> Um, Chris, we're going to the lightning round. Question number one for you. PacSun and the Met have released a collaboration collection of apparel that features famous works of art featured in the gallery. What piece of art would you proudly purchase to wear? 
Oh my god, I have a great story on this one, Ad. This is this is a true story. Oh my god, is this like you you I have to say Chris and I were in Madrid and we went to the um Prado. The, the Prado. Prado, yeah. And your art interests were very interesting to me. So I really want to hear what you say yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to me. Yeah, so tell me the boga. story. Um, no, so my, my true story is in high school, I was part of Masking Gavel, which was the speech and debate club. Oh, That's what it was called. And we made t-shirts. And I, my memory's a little hazy on exactly what went on the t-shirt. But I think if my memory serves, we took Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, the one where he's like spread out like this. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you know the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And we, we took the photo of him just from the waist down and we put it on our shirts. And it wasn't my idea either. Like our club shirts for the year, that was like our photo of our shirt. And I think the credit goes to my friend BJ Martin. It was her idea, if I'm not mistaken. And it was it was a stroke of genius. So yes, that would be my answer. And it actually, I, I, I've actually worn that shirt. I don't understand at all. <laughs> What's the, the point is you're not supposed to understand. It's like, oh, everyone knows the top, but nobody knows the bottom on its own. Like, it's so funny. And but what anyway. was this group called? Mask and Gavel. Oh, my God. All right. Drama and Debate Club, man. All right, let's keep going. Amazon handed out free Grubhub memberships for a year during its early access Prime days by way of promo code PRIME20 to existing Prime members. And did you did this deal incite you to get your Grubhub on? No, I didn't even know until after I it was know. over. I was That's so disappointed. That's how I felt, too. I, I know. know. Yeah, big fail on that one. I know. Mark, well, maybe they didn't want that many people to get it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Good call. Um, okay, Chris. Uh, DoorDash and Marvel Entertainment partnered to create a custom comic book that celebrates the delivery services employees, or Dashers. If someone were to create a custom comic book about you, what would they call it, and what would your superhero name be? Oh, I love this. I love this. That's so easy. First of all, superhero name, super easy. White Lightning. Oh my God. Was that your AIM password? <laughs> no, it like never was. No, 90s? never. Like, I've never white, actually white used, I've never actually used it, but White Lightning. But my superhero strength, Anne, would be delivering debilitating verbal quips so fast that you can't even hear them. In fact, I just did one right there. Did you hear it? This is not real. Did Do you, you know it? that this is not real? No. You, no. Didn't, you didn't hear it, but you don't hear it now, but you soon will. Oh, my God. All right. Headline number four. Lightning round question number four. Reports are that Giselle and Tom Brady may be getting a divorce. So my question to you, Anne, is do you think I finally have a chance? With Tom or Giselle? Oh, come on. Of course, Tom. Oh, I don't know. Do you eat tomatoes? I, I, I do eat them, but I don't like them. I could forego tomatoes for a shot with Tom. Isn't that his thing? Like, he Tom. doesn't, you told I me, like, so, he doesn't yeah. eat tomatoes or, like, something. That dude's so weird now, What actually. about burgers? Can you... I'm assuming he can eat burgers. Why are they getting divorced? Did I they... don't know. No one knows that answer. The whole rumor is she, he, she didn't want him to, she wanted him to retire. He didn't want to, you know... Oh, so it's, like, she, for legitimate reasons. He wanted to go back to reasons. NFL, like, yeah. Not because she's, like, man, your Instagram posts are douche yeah, right. fantastic. That probably doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, and they've been married a long time, so who knows? All right, that wraps us up. The Gog Show's over. Happy birthday today. Thanks for sticking with us if you're still here. To Sasha Baron Cohen, Kate Walsh, and the man I only want to call Al, Mr. Paul Simon. See what you did there. And you see what I did there. And if you remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And from all of us at OmniTalk, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. 
and is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so that grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. Learn more, visit sezzle.com. And Silk. The Silk Cloud DB virtualization platform is a virtualization layer between your workloads and the cloud. It helps you scale your cloud without scaling your costs. Visit silk.us to learn more.